0: Alicia can testify to that. I never said that, did I? Good morning, students. <laughs> Before I start my message, uh, I just wanted to say a couple of things. First one is, as you possibly know, hopefully, you do, if you come here regularly, you should know. <laughs> We've been trialling two services for April, but we want to get your feedback on it. And so we've created a little short survey, basically it's, um, we just want to get a little bit of an idea of which services you attended, and I know we're not at the end of the month, we've got one more week, but that's fine. <laughs> so just tick whatever you can, you don't have to put your name, you can if you want to. Uh, what did you like? Did the service times work for you? Would you like to see the two services continue? And any suggestions for improvement? But we'd really appreciate any kind of feedback you could give us, that would be amazing. Uh, These are out on in the foyer on the welcome table. And if you complete one, you could just put it in there's a little there's on the table is a little box that you with a slot in it and you could put it in there. Uh, That would be really appreciated if you're able to do that. That would be great. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention now before I potentially forget is that there are hot cross buns after the service for anybody that would like to have some of those? So uh, we would love to invite you to stay for that as well. Be nice to celebrate as a church family, eh? We've been kind of. <laughs> yeah. We've been. I just like. I love having family, church family, because we're. It's just such an important thing, isn't it? To be connected to each other, and I think one of the ways that we can connect is over food. And so, (laughs) it's true though, it's true though, isn't it? It's true. You get to talk and and it's a a really lovely way to to get to know people. So I really encourage you, if you'd like to stay, that would be wonderful to see you there, out in the cafe. So my message today, is about redemption, which is what the service has been about all throughout. <laughs> and, you know, God is a good God, and the entire redemption story is about God's goodness. It's about his goodness. Because if he didn't love us, love us if, he didn't, if he didn't think well of us, He wouldn't have sent his son to die, would he? Jesus even said, I have come in John 10.10 that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Isn't that cool? So it's not just talking about life in heaven, it's talking about life on earth. You know, many people who don't, even those who don't call themselves Christian, have heard of Jesus being called the saviour of the world, that's true. But often they don't really understand what that means, or they think that all it means is that Jesus came to save us from probably hell, um, not really understanding what that means, and that we'll go to heaven one day. But salvation actually means so much more than that. You know, Jesus' death on the cross meant that he redeemed us, and we sung about that today. That was in quite a bit of the things that we sung, actually. He redeemed us, and to redeem means to buy back, to pay back in full, to pay the price, to deliver from bondage, and that's what Jesus did for us. He paid a price He paid the ultimate price. But what do we need to be redeemed from, you might be wondering. Well, first of all, it is eternity separated from God. Sin as well, because sin actually has a really negative impact on us. Not only only is it not good to do things that aren't right, but it actually affects our body as well it really does sickness and disease he came in, came to redeem us from sickness and disease poverty and lack as well and basically slavery of every kind to the kingdom of darkness but jesus he paid a price so we would be set free and physically he received a whipping, he was whipped, he received 40 stripes, which is a lot, I don't even think I'd cope with one, but 40, and it was not good, it was horrible, It was, it was, those whips, they didn't do anything in halves back then, they added really horrible things to the end of the whip that would catch into the skin and rip it out. And Jesus received 40 of those. And you know when when Jesus says, by his stripes you're healed? That's the stripes that we're talking about. He even had, in a, in a moment of mockery, the soldiers placed a, a crown of thorns on his head and pushed it in. And they were not little wimpy thorns. They were big Big long ones. That would have been horrible too. But he was nailed to the cross through his hands and his feet. Can you imagine what that would be like? Nail through here, nail through here, nail through the feet. And that was quite a customary way to kill people back then, punishment to death. That Jesus did it for us. Just the, the gravity of that is actually quite amazing when you think about it, isn't it? He took every sickness, every disease, and all sin on his own body on the cross. So that's the price that Jesus paid for us. So we need to be redeemed because of our own sin we need to be redeemed because of our own sin we became separated or estranged from god i guess you could say we were no longer right with god but through the redemption provided by jesus our separation from god was put right again and there was no longer there no longer needed to be a separation if we accept what he did romans 3:10 says there is none righteous. No, not one. That means that not one of us are right with God if we don't have Jesus in our life. But why? Why are none of us right with God? That seems unfair, some might say. But it's because every one of us has sinned, and it's the sin that forces a separation. It forces a separation We've all sinned and fallen short of what is required to make us right again with God. Romans 3.23 says that. So if I just turn to, I think there's a scripture maybe that might be up on the screen too. Romans 3.23. Actually, I'll just read verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's talking about making us right with God. To all and on all who believe, we're made right with God when we believe that Jesus died for us. For there is no difference and in verse 23 says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned, right? We've all sinned, but there is a way, there is one way that we can, if we choose, and this is the cool thing about God is he gives us a choice. He never forces us to do anything. If there's any kind of force, it's not of God. Anything like that's forceful, that's definitely a clear indication, not God. Because He He made us as He, he made us in His image to have a will and a choice. So if we choose we can be made right with God. And verse 24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So that redemption is exactly talking about the cross, about what he did on the cross. So what is the story behind Jesus on the cross? Well, he, he said to Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee who came to see him, at night time, I might add, I noticed this morning when I was reading it. <laughs> Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And Nicodemus was interested in what Jesus was doing, but he obviously went to him by night in John 3. But Jesus was talking to him and Partway through his conversation, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's pretty clear, isn't it? It's clear. Probably wasn't clear at the time for Nicodemus because Jesus hadn't actually died at that time. But I love how God loved us so much that he was willing to sacrifice Jesus, and Jesus was willing to do that. So salvation, yeah, it does mean going to heaven when we die, but he didn't just mean that when he said abundant life. I want to, I, I know I've already mentioned this, but some of the things that happened, I'm just going to read a little bit. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll read part of Matthew 27. So Matthew 27, verse 26, they scourged Jesus. I still can't say that right, can I? Scourged. <laughs> I need to get that in my brain. Scourged him. So that's, you know, he was whipped. He was whipped once he was condemned to die in verse 26. And then in verse 27 to 31, the soldiers took Jesus and actually mocked him at that point. And that's where they put a scarlet robe on him. And they actually made, this must have taken a little while, they twisted a crown of thorns and then put it on his head. In verse 29, and put a reed in his right hand and they bowed their knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. Isn't that horrible? And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and put his own clothes back on him. And then he was led away to be crucified. So he was crucified, verse 35 and they put a up over his head the accusation written on piece of something and it said this is Jesus the king of the Jews again they were trying to mock but they were right in what they wrote that was true and then the chief priests and the scribes and the elders they all mocked him as well you know, Jesus, little did they know he was dying for them as well, even the ones that were mocking him, even the ones that were treating him badly, that whipped him, even the ones that spat on him, even the chief priests and, and all of those who said, what does it say here, they... The. The chief priest mocked him and said he saved others, but he cannot save himself. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross and we will believe him. What a load of rubbish. If he did that, they would have had some other reason (laughs) to mock him and not believe him. He trusted in God, they said. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. And yet Jesus did it for them as well. And then in verse 46, Jesus shouted, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There was darkness over all the land. And verse 50, Jesus said, "When, oh, Jesus, when he had cried out again with a loud voice, he yielded up his spirit to death. He yielded it. And the amazing thing is that uh, at, in John 19.30, which records the same story, it says that he he said, it is finished. That was the last thing he said. And after, at that moment, when that happened, a number of really powerful things happened. The veil of the temple was torn in half from top to bottom. And that was the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies it was the Holy of Holies was where uh, the Ark of the Covenant was kept. And that was where God's presence was. And so um, the high priest, if he was going to go in there, he would have a a rope attached to his ankle so that if he hadn't prepared himself right and he'd been struck dead, they could pull him out because they wouldn't be able to go in after him. But the significance of that veil being torn in two was profound, because what it meant was no longer would that the presence of God be kept in that ark but it it was released yeah it is, it's amazing and also it meant, uh, yeah I'll talk about that in a minute but what else happened, there was a big earthquake there were rocks split How often do we see rocks splitting when there's a big earthquake? Not that often. Must have been a pretty terrific earthquake for rocks to be split. And this is the amazing one as well. The graves were opened and many of the bodies of the saints who had died were raised. And they walked into Jerusalem and appeared to many other people. (laughs) That's awesome, isn't it? Wow. And then... It says in verse 54 when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, that I just described, certainly they would have seen the earthquake, the rock split. They might have even seen some of those dead people walking. They feared greatly, it says, and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Something really, really powerful had just taken place. Now, Satan, he thought he'd managed to outwit God. He's not very smart, really. You can never do that. You can never outwit God. But Satan thought he'd managed to outwit God by killing Jesus. But what he didn't bargain for was the fact that God had planned that all along. He'd planned for Jesus to die all along. And it was only only possible to redeem mankind through the death of a sinless man. And that's why. That's why he had to do it. He knew that was the only way that man could be redeemed was through the death of a sinless man. And Jesus is the only sinless man who ever walked the face of the earth. And it amazes me. I just think it's incredible how great God's love is for us, that he came in the form of a man to make that sacrifice for our sin, not his, he didn't have any. He, he decided he'll do it himself. That was the only way and he thought it was worth it. He thought you were worth it. Isn't that awesome? He thought you all were worth it. And what Satan didn't realize was that death and the grave had no power over a sinless man. <laughs> Therefore, while Jesus' body, his physical body, died on the cross, he would not remain dead and he couldn't because he'd never sinned. You know, when, when Jesus died on the cross, there was a period of time, as we know because we have Good Friday and then Easter Sunday and there's a couple of days, Jesus did some stuff in the spiritual realm. One of the things he did is described in Luke 23, 43. He went into paradise and preached the gospel. That's cool, isn't it? He went into paradise. And also, he disarmed and made a show of Satan and his demons. He made a show of them. He triumphed over them. (laughs) Colossians 2.15. So that would have been highly embarrassing for Satan. Humiliating? (laughs) Because he'd been outwitted. But it needed to be done. He stripped Satan of the keys of hell, death and the grave, which Satan had originally taken possession of when Adam sinned. Revelations one eighteen. If you want to look that up. So that what Jesus did was extremely p- powerful and important. It wasn't just the death on the cross. It was what he also did in the spirit realm as well. And you know every single drop of Jesus' blood he took up and poured out on the mercy seat in heaven. That's cool, isn't it? He poured his blood out on the mercy seat, redeeming mankind once and for all. Once and for all. All of our sin, all of our sickness, disease, all of our poverty and lack was taken care of. And consequently, he made a way for us to be right again with God. I love that. You know, Jesus' blood didn't cover our sin, it blotted it out. That means it never it's not noticeable. Nobody would even know it was ever there in the first place. So our sin has been blotted out when we receive Jesus. And he's made a way for us to live in divine healing and abundance, free from sin. If we, if, we do, if we choose to do the right thing with the comfort that when we die, we will go to heaven. That is true. That is true about salvation. But it's so much more. It's the stuff we live with now, right? And that is what salvation is. Jesus did all of that for us. I think that's amazing. And he, do you know the cool thing is he, he offers it, he did it before any of us actually decided. He did it before anybody decided. And he offers it as a free gift. He still offers it as a free gift. And all we need to do is accept it. All we have to do is accept it. You know, when we receive that gift of salvation, our spirit, actually, our spirit man, we're a three-part being, we've got a spirit, we have a soul which is our mind our will and our emotions and we also live in a physical body and that's what we see okay but when we choose to accept the gift of salvation our our spirit is recreated it's recreated and it's it's restored to the way that god originally intended And so the cool thing about it is then that we have the opportunity to to delve into God's word and renew our mind and receive the healing that God has for us. You know, God's word is alive and powerful, it says, Hebrews 4.12, it says the word of God is living and powerful and it is sharper, I don't know if I've got that scripture or not, but Hebrews, what is it? Let me find it. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God is living and powerful. It's living and powerful. And that's why it's so important we need to get that word of God in us. Hey, we really do. You know, hell was never made for humans. Never, ever. It was never made for humans. It was made for the devil and his angels, it says in Matthew 25, 41. That's his demons. They've been renamed. And it's because of their rebellion. You know, God never intended for mankind to go there. But because of our separation uh, from God through sin... It became like a, 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 I suppose you could say a default setting if we choose not to follow God because we're separated. And so our spirit and our soul, they're eternal. Our physical body will die one day. That is true. We can see age affects all of us, doesn't it? But our spirit and our soul will never die and we have the choice to ch- we we have the choice as to where we go when our physical body dies we're the ones that choose whether we spend eternity in hell or eternity in heaven not god it's not god's choice it's ours yeah god is a loving god and he made a way for us to not have that as an issue for us you know god's will is that none of us would perish. 2 Peter 3.9 says, let me just look it up. The latter part of that verse says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yeah, Definitely. So God wants us to have abundant life in our life after death and while we still live here on the earth. And Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, which is a scripture I um, had a few weeks ago when I last preached, was surely he has borne, this is a prophecy about what Jesus did for us on the cross, he's borne our griefs. It's our griefs that he bore. He bore our sorrows. He carried our sorrows. That's That's related to the wounds in our soul. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the punishment for our peace was on him. And by his stripes we are healed. It's not by his stripes he is healed. It's by his stripes we are healed. That's awesome. So I just want to really encourage you that this is something we need to make sure we remember And I know a lot of you know God already. But I know that there are some here I don't know if you know God. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept that gift that Jesus offers. And I'll take you back to uh, John 3.16 again where Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, the the Bible also says that the wages of sin is death. So it's like the, the reward for sin is death, unfortunately. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And... I just want to um, give an opportunity for anybody that doesn't know Jesus to to receive that gift. So if you wouldn't mind closing all your eyes. Um, and I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you all to pray it. It's a salvation prayer. And then... Yeah, I'll lead you through that prayer. It says in, uh, let me just find another scripture here. It says in Romans 10 verses 9 and 10, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. So all we need to do is, is pray a simple prayer. So I just want you to pray this after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the sacrifice you made to redeem me from separation from God and all of the sin and the sickness and the poverty that goes with it. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. I believe that you were raised from the dead for me. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my saviour. Amen. Now if you've prayed that prayer for the very first time I really want to give you something or if you've rededicated your life to Lord if you've been uh, away from him for a while I want you to come and see me as well we have something to give you but right now what I want to do is I want to give an opportunity for anybody that would like prayer from any any of us to, to come up and receive prayer. Um, what I would like to say is that this is a time that's really important to God. He, he wants to minister to people that need prayer. And so I'd just ask that you please don't start chatting Uh, but if you would like to you are most welcome to go out into the cafe that would be no problem at all but if you stay in here just have an attitude of worship to God because we want to keep that atmosphere um, appropriate for the Holy Spirit moving okay so you're most welcome I want you I want to say bless you to all of you it's so lovely to see you all we love, love seeing you here. We're very thankful um, to have the opportunity to have a service together, and so we're really blessed by that. Please make sure you remember we've got those hot cross buns because they are delicious. <laughs> if we could have some music, James, or maybe, yeah, maybe just play, play a song, that would be cool. And, uh, and I'll pray for anybody, and if anyone else needs prayer as well, that would be cool.